Alta Hensley. No matter how far I run, Nick Hudson finds me. I'm a pawn in a twisted game of power and revenge, and he's a masterful player. He's going to hold me and hurt me, protect me and punish me. In a dangerous world of wealth, decadence, and sin, I have no choice but to sink into the arms of my enemy. There's a price to be paid, though. I must surrender control to enter this new wonderland of seduction and I must learn to find strength for the fight that's coming. Being a Morelli has never been so dangerous. The Warring Morelli and Constantine families have enough bad blood to fill an ocean, and their brand new stories will be told by your favorite dangerous romance authors. That's Queen of Hearts, Wonderland Book 2 by Alta Hensley. Live now. Go grab it. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome to a brand new week at Read Me Romance. We have a book from Carla Doyle called Last Call Casanova. And the cover on this is so pretty. I love it. it. Is. It's sexy. Yeah. Go check it out on our website. <laughs> or see all the other media. stuff on there. <laughs> yep. See it there. See it everywhere. <laughs> Go check it out. Um, we're going to talk about Carla in just a few minutes, but first we're going to catch up because it feels like it's been a minute, even though it really hasn't. I don't know. I don't it know does. Why. For some reason. That. Well, and I was, I was, I guess I was off Thursday and Friday because I was trying to get everything done before my kids came back. So you I always seem to do a lot when they're away at camp. Yeah, I know, because it's like most of the time I'm cleaning out their room and I'm throwing shit away and stuff, so mm -hmm. I have to do it while they're not here, and like I was supposed to have lunch with a friend on Thursday, and she texted me, and she was like, hey, are we still doing lunch today? And I was like, oh my God, I was, I'm so sorry. I'm in the middle of cleaning out my kids' rooms, and I have to get rid of the evidence today to come back tomorrow. <laughs> she was like, the evidence? I was I like, yes. Feeling. I know. Like, you know how, especially when they're little... And they have seven bajillion stuffed animals. And they think they need them all. And they don't even see them. They're at the no. bottom of the pile. No, they don't know. They have no idea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while they were gone, I spent a whole day at Ikea. And I got, like, you know, some furniture and stuff for organization. Because I, I really am always impressed with Ikea and their selection of storage things that and the yeah. price on them. So, like, I ended up getting a dresser for, like, one of my kids' rooms and, like, storage cues for the other one. And I had to put it all together, which took forever. But, you know, after I did all that, then I had to start going through stuff. Like, toys and stuffed animals and Legos and just all these. And, and every drawer in her room is crammed full of shit. But, just you know, like random I, shit. it was smart to get furniture because then it just seems like things were shifted. And they're not exactly. sure where it is. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, because it's like if she sees the container that it's normally in, like, especially for the stuffed animals, I had to change out the container. Because mm -hmm. I was like, if she knows this container, she knows what level they're in, you know, yeah. like how they're Tetris puzzled into this cube. <laughs> but no, I was like, you know what, we're going to do all new. And mm -hmm. then she'll just be like, oh, my God, I, can't, I haven't seen these stuffed animals in so long. I'm like, I know. Mm -hmm. Never mind, like the seven bags I took, <laughs> you know, to the donation <laughs> place. But like. 
that's what I did, you know, while they were gone, just trying to like, you know, make the most of it while they're not here. I did. I definitely relaxed a little bit, not enough, but a little bit. And my husband and I had dinner together one night where we went out and it was just us. So that was nice. But, you know, for the most part, he worked really late and, you know, I was just like running around trying to get shit done. So, but I kept reminding myself, they're going to be gone again next month. They go to a sleepaway at camp again mm -hmm. in July. So I was just like, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to relax on that week. Sure. I probably won't. <laughs> and so I picked them up on Friday. And do you know that showering's optional for the whole week? <laughs> if you ask my teenage son, yeah. Yeah, that's like a life standard for him. I mean, that's not in my house, but apparently at camp, showering is optional. Is that just how it is at your house with a boy? It gets really hard because sometimes it's just when they're at that age, it's like, do I really even want to have this fucking fight with you right now? Yes. Just go yes. back to your hole. Because I, because he like goes <laughs> into his, he has like two holes. He has a hole at my mom's house and he'll come out mm -hmm. and peek and be like, is there food? Okay. And then goes back into it. Mm -hmm. So I only see him every now and then he'll give me a hug and I'm like, when you shower last, <laughs> you know, so Lydia is doing this thing, the city, which I love our city. It, um, they offer this thing and it's really inexpensive. I think it was like 30 bucks, I think for the whole week, but they do, uh, it's called an outdoor adventure camp and it's every day, like, you know, Monday through Friday. And Every day they go and do something like exploring, you know, they either go on a hike or yesterday or today they did a ropes course. Um, tomorrow they're doing canoeing. So it's really cool. And it's all girls. They get a group together and go. And then one night they stay, uh, they camp overnight. Mm -hmm. So she's super excited about it. But, um, you know, they, she went and did that today and I picked her up. And as soon as she got in the car, I was just like, Oh, she has been sweaty <laughs> today, but she gets in the car and she's like red faced, sweaty, like chugging her water. And she was like, can we get a Sonic? <laughs> and, I was like, what? and she was like, I'm just really thirsty. I was like, why don't we finish this water first and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> I know that feeling though. Sometimes when you would work it and do it, yeah. you're like, I need a fucking cherry lime made right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what she was like. I need some shit to quench this thirst. <laughs> they were out of strawberry at the at, at Sonic for whatever reason. So we got a watermelon limeade and it tasted like it was a watermelon. They said, oh, we'll put the Sour Patch flavor in it. And it tasted like the watermelon Sour Patches, you know, the little wedges that mm -hmm. are like the watermelon. It makes my cheeks hurt thinking about it. It was so sour and Speaking sweet. Of that, I went to Dairy Queen yesterday. So I was mm -hmm. just like in a blah mood with mm -hmm. everything going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give me an animal cracker. <laughs> oh, what? Blizzard. The frosted animal cracker blizzard. Oh, is that the pink ones? The animal yeah. crackers are pink with I sprinkles? I eat them all the time. Okay. All the time. They're delicious. I get in the stride through. I roll up. I'm like, give me medium animal cracker blizzard. And she's mm -hmm. like, we don't have those anymore. And I was like, ah. and of course me, I'm like, I panic. I'm like, well, uh, 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 cotton candy. <laughs> first one on the list. Oh God. Did you really, like, have you had that okay. one before? No, I never had it before. Oh so God. I'm, I'm cotton candy thing. And 
I pull over to the side and I'm like taking a bite of the cotton candy and, and I'm like, it tastes like cotton candy. It does. But then there's like a crunch and I'm like, nope. And it wasn't like a weird crunch that tasted funny. It was just that my brain was like, every time I would take a spoonful of the cotton candy ice cream and there would be a crunch, which like my brain was like, oh, no, stop. What the fuck was the crunch? I don't know. They look like these little, little, they looked almost like nerds, but they didn't taste like nerds. Was it Pop Rocks? No, because I think I would have known what it was. I'm guessing whatever it was was pop rock shaped or nerd shaped mm -hmm. but tasted like cotton candy mm. but the crunch every time i would just my brain mm -hmm. do you ever have that when you eat yes something, you're like, this isn't supposed to be how it's mm -hmm. supposed to taste so i would take a bite and i'm like okay it tastes like cotton candy right right then mm -hmm. crunch I'm like no not not cotton candy wait 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 mm -hmm. i ended up throwing it out i got through like a third of it yeah that would have bugged me we went to this one place they hear that was like a dessert bar and it was uh we got this cotton candy thing it was the same thing and it was like scoops of blue cotton candy ice cream and then they put cotton candy on top and then they sprinkled it with pop rocks and my youngest one it was the first time she had ever eaten pop rocks and she ate them and she just looks at me and she's like my throat's wrinkly and that's what she, she called it she said it made her throat wrinkly <laughs> I love cotton candy ice cream mm -hmm. from like remember maggie moose yeah yeah they had the best cotton candy ice cream and you put some sprinkles on there obviously. do they not still have those maggie moose are those i don't know there's not any maggie moose around me i love maggie moose that was my favorite if there was yeah. one still around i would still go there yeah but yeah. oh man we had tick bees down here we had tcby's did you ever, you guys ever have those mm -hmm. tcby's it was frozen yogurt it was so good oh my god it was the best but yeah i'm not into the frozen yogurt and i'm not into the gelato okay i like I gelato frozen yogurt it depends on the flavor like it, and it depends on how it's done like tcby i felt like their um their strawberry was really really good but i didn't really mm -hmm. and they had a white chocolate one that was nice because you could do a white chocolate parfait with like oreo and that was good but the rest of them i'm just kind of like it tastes like diet sometimes yeah i can get away with like um because i like every now and then i wouldn't buy a whole gallon of it but mm -hmm. i like a mint i mint chocolate chip ice cream every now and then like a small mm -hmm. so sometimes if they have that's all they have at these yogurt places i'm like make it mint drown out <laughs> all the other taste yeah yeah drown <laughs> it out no you're right that's exactly it yeah because it covers up so much mm -hmm. um have you read anything recently have you been reading any any good romances lately? Did I read anything? I'm watching weird I am, stuff. I'm, I was going to say, I'm still on a drought with romance. I don't know. Catfish is back on TV now. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I haven't read anything, but I did watch the new 365. Oh, okay. Yes. So it's funny. Our producer, Lola, she actually emailed me a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, have you seen the second one? Because you haven't talked about it, and I want to hear it. What you think? <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! I actually haven't heard anybody mention it. Is it bad or something? So, LB, who sings the podcast theme song, um, she told me that she watched it the day it came out, and she was like, "I didn't like it as much as the first one." She said, "I thought it was like a music video because there is a lot of like, 
you know how in a music video, like the couples are like embracing and kissing and there's mm -hmm. music playing in the background. There is a ton of that. So I can kind of see what she meant. But honestly, I think I liked it more than the first one. Oh, you know, right. it was still like there was still a little cheese. There was some of this really cheesy. But holy shit, the sex in this. Sex I mean, it just starts off with them fucking. Like just right off the bat, it's their wedding day and they're fucking. You're two seconds. And there's like before she walks down the aisle, he's fucking her. <laughs> and then like they have their wedding and everything. And then, okay, this might be a little spoiler if you don't want to know anything about it. So just fast forward. But um, so he they it's their honeymoon. He goes in the room and he's like, you have an hour and then I'm going to do whatever I want to you. And she's like, no, I have an hour. Sit down. And so she takes off like her pantyhose and ties like each of her stockings and ties his hands to the chair and then sits in front of him and spreads her leg and just like masturbates in front of him. And it drives him fucking crazy that he can't touch her. Like he goes insane. And then finally when he fucks her, it's like, oh my God. I mean, there is like, they had to have fucked on this movie. This has to be a porn. I mean, I just like the way that they're moving and his junk and her junk and it's just smashing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, but I actually thought the, I thought the story was a little better this time too. I mean, there's more that happens. There's a little more mystery and intrigue, but there's also this one part. So again, this is spoiler stuff. If you've tuned back in, I'm still spoiling it. So she walks in on him fucking somebody else. Like, she walks in, she sees them and she's like, that's it. I, she was like, you betrayed me. I, I thought you know, I'll never come back from this. I'll never forgive you. And she just takes off. And while she's there, she runs into the arm of this like gardener that was really nice to her. And like, they kind of have, you know, formed a friendship and he takes her away. And so they end up like hooking up. It turns out this dude had a twin brother oh. that like set this shit up to like make her run to the gardener who is a bad guy. So it was like, she was kind of pushed into this situation where she slept with this other guy mm -hmm. thinking that he, but you know That's what? Such angst for me. You know what though? It's like we've said before, you can forgive the hero in anything. I know. <laughs> because I was yeah. just like, I was, I was like, it's okay, girl. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> you know? And meanwhile with him, I'm just like, oh, he can burn in hell. He cheated on her. Oh my God. Like I was so mad at him until I found out there was a twin and I was like, this is the best. <laughs> it's so good. But it is, I mean, there's a ton of music and it's really kind of, it's over the top. Like, yeah at the end of it like you know she gets kidnapped and the two guys are going after her like they've like somehow banded together and they're gonna go after her and rescue her because they both have feelings for her and stuff and it's just it's so dramatic but it was really fun like i enjoyed it i will absolutely watch the third one when it comes out in august so okay. yeah it's it like i said it's short it, it's fun like it's hot sex. Like I was there for that. I was like, if this yeah. is the only thing I'm getting out of it, yes, watch it. <laughs> I think you would like it just because it's fun. Like it's escape. Yeah. Running. It's a filthy Hallmark movie. Yeah. That's kind of feel like the cheese factor. Filthy hard. Okay. Yeah. It actually sounds amazing. It Somebody is. Make that. It I mean, is. Maybe that's what passion flick says. And I just haven't watched. 
You know what? That's a valid point. I wonder how graphic Passion Flix is. I mean, they did not hold back in this movie at all. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Because they straight fucking. So, I don't know. Have you read anything? Did you look it up? No, I, I only did read, but it was, it's a really dark book. Like, not like that it's unsafe. I wrote mm-hmm. His Fight by K.L. Dawn, D-O-N-N. Mm-hmm. I'm probably saying that wrong. We should actually ask her maybe to be on the podcast one time. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's in the middle of a series. Sometimes her stuff works for me. Sometimes it's a little too dark. This one is dark. Her stuff, mm-hmm. like, she's escaped an abusive husband who was violently abusive. I oh, know. And you can she'll tell some of the things in her head that had happened so but then she finds like the perfect guy who's like instantly in love with her you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so why it's really dark i have to be in the mood for her yeah i end up buying all of her books Mm -hmm. and sometimes i do have to step out because i can only do i think it's because and i don't know i think we've mentioned this before i when i hear stories of like rape that's real mm-hmm. or things like that i i like freeze up inside and i think it has something to do with my fetish of it mm-hmm. that if i've fetishized the rape so when i hear it in its real context mm-hmm. it like i don't know just like i can't hear it that way i, I can't i can't i got you know what i mean yeah Does no i get it I get it. no I, like, I totally understand what you're saying yeah because it's like you don't want to think about it being a horrific experience but it because, is yeah of course it is but it's like yeah if you have you know in a the safe way to experience it is in a fantasy to mm-hmm. where nobody's getting hurt it's you know it's not not consensual that kind of thing you know that's the whole point of fantasy is being able to fantasize about something like that so i understand that reading about it in real life confu- is confusing you know yeah. that emotion is confusing mm-hmm. because while you have like you know these fantasies of course you have empathy for the for a victim you yeah know, which that's is why I'm an like, entirely oh different situation I can't do this. I'm like, yeah ah. yeah no i get it i get it so what was her name kl dawn do uh-huh. you know any- okay all right cool we'll have to mention that in the show notes then <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit about carla and the last casanova um carla writes sexy fun swoon worthy romances love alpha heroes so does carla Love smart, independent heroines. Carla does too. Love interesting secondary characters, cute pets, funny moments that make you laugh out loud, toe curling sex scenes, and how heartfelt aww, moments. Carla's books have all those things. When she's not writing romance, Carla loves spending time with her family, friends, and pets, reading, drinking, co- reading, drinking copious amounts of coffee, and playing online Scrabble. Visit Carla Doyle, K-A-R-L-A-D-O-I-L-E dot com um last call casanova that you're about to hear the first installment of let me read you the book by for that i'm back in hope harbor the little town i can't stay away from for my buddy's wedding to the love of his life they're perfect together i'm happy for them but that kind of relationship isn't in my wheelhouse not anymore everything changes once there's a picture of you holding an oversized check splashed across the internet when it's public knowledge you won the lottery and have 10 million in the bank Everybody wants a piece of you. Been there, got burned, and had the scorch marks to prove it. Money's not the only thing I kept locked up now. My heart is in the vault, too. 
but there's one piece of me I've been happy to share since then, and it's guaranteed to satisfy. Looking for a good time? I'm your man. Just don't look for more. That's the rule, or it was, until I met Maya. Hope Harbor is full of gorgeous fish to hop on my hook anytime I'm in town. Too bad the only one I want doesn't fall for my lines and has no interest in my poles. <laughs> Pretty sure she'd be happy if I took a long walk off the end of a short pier and never resurfaced. The more Maya pushes me away, the more I want to reel her in. The truth is, I'm the one who's hooked. And one night together is all it takes to know I never want to be released. Oh, I love cool. it. I, I know. I love my hero in pursuit. I do too, especially ones that are like, fuck me. <laughs> I've somehow screwed up and I now mm -hmm. I'm in love with this woman. I love that. Carla has a new release on July 1st called Resorting to Love. Resorting to Love is a steamy rom-com insta-love that takes place in Virginia Mountain Resort. There's a hilarious naked meat cute, lots of sassy banter, hot communing with nature, and a sweet happily ever after. This is the little blurb for it that I love she sent this. It's so cute. When a workaholic ER nurse grudgingly takes her first vacation in two years, then ends up spending it with a laid-back famous actor who turns her world up inside out, could one week of a holiday fun lead to a lifetime of love? That's her new release on July 1st, Resorting to Love. Um, the book you're about to listen to, Last Call Casanova, is a companion story to the book called Dad Bod Wingman, which is available in ebook, audiobook, and paperback. So if you listen to this and you like it, you can get Dad Bod Wingman. Um, Dad Bod Wingman, Aunt, oh, Anthony the Hero in Last Call Casanova that you're about to hear is the best friend of the hero from Dad Bod Wingman. I know. In Dad Bod Wingman, Anthony is the catalyst for Jensen to make his move on the woman he has secretly loved forever. Forever, Both books take place in the same bar in the same small lakeside town. Each story is a standalone, but they pair perfectly like beaches and sunshine or fish and chips. Tagline for the Dad Bod Wingman she has listed on here. I love it. When a buddy hits on the woman Jensen has secretly loved since childhood, his days of being the wingman are over. I love it. So if you listen to the first installment of Last Call Casanova and you love it, make sure you go check out Dad Bod Wingman. And Carla is also giving away an Amazon gift card. So make sure you enter this week's giveaway to do that. All right. Let's send them in so they can Let's hear the do it. Start. We'll, we'll see, see you, you on the guys. <laughs> Bye. Pinch poke, yo, me a Coke. Bye. Last Call Casanova. Written by Carla Doyle. Read for you by Lou Banks. Chapter 1 Anthony Weddings. Women love them because of the fairy tale. Men love them because of the women. Dresses, high heels, lowered inhibitions, and increased libidos. What's not to love? Four of my sisters have tied the knot one of them twice. That's five weddings where I've worn the matched set rental tux. Add my cousin's weddings and a few old friends' big days to that list, and I've checked the beef box on an RSVP card 14 times. But I've only checked the plus one box once. At this point, I doubt I will again. Casual is easy. Relationships, not so much. Not when you have ten million in the bank and your picture holding the big check has been splashed across the internet. It's easier just to play the part.
Tomorrow's couple don't have to pretend anything. Jensen and Bailey have known each other forever, loved each other practically as long. All their cards are on the table, and they're both winning the game. I took a turn at that game and lost. People say I'm lucky my ex-fiancé only ripped out my heart, not my bank account. They have no fucking idea how shitty it is to question everything and everyone. To keep your heart under lock and key. But once burned, stay the hell away from the fire. That's survival. On the subject of fire, there's a redhead with hot curves directly ahead. Not the woman I'd like to reel in, but my favorite dark-haired bombshell would rather fillet me like a Lake Erie pickerel than let me buy her a drink. Maybe the redhead has more going for her than pretty hair and a nice ass. She might be great, if I don't compare her to Maya. Time to play the part. Be the carefree player everyone expects. I'm on my way to the bar when tomorrow's bride-to-be bounces into the frame. No drinks yet. It's picture time. Bailey's voice brims with happiness and genuine goodness. That's her natural state, and it seems bigger every time I come to town for a visit. Being madly in love with the man glued to her side agrees with her. You know, gorgeous, I say, slinging my arm around her shoulders in front of her fiancé. The big guy won't be happy when you redecorate your apartment with all these pictures of me. (laughs) Sure I will. Jensen knocks the air out of me when he slaps one of his mountain mitts on my back. They'll give me something to practice my darts game on. Beside me, Bailey laughs. She knows Jensen isn't truly jealous, and I'm not seriously hitting on her. A complete 180 from the first time I met her, a year ago, right here in this bar. The night of Jensen's 30th birthday, and his third weekend in business after opening On the Rocks, Bailey walked in looking like a grown man's dream, and I told my university buddy to hook us up. That was the first time Jensen ever refused to be my wingman, and the last time I asked him to be. Their kind of love is a rare beast. Only an asshole or idiot would try bringing it down. Despite what many people think, what I've let them believe, I'm neither of those things. What pictures are we taking this time? I ask as we approach a table in the corner that's cordoned off with streamers. I'm not camera shy by any means, but everywhere I turn since arriving in Hope Harbor earlier this week, somebody's waiting to snap another wedding-related picture. Bailey's going to need a lot of photo albums. Maya made custom t-shirts for the wedding party. I want us to get a group shot wearing them before everyone scatters. Nobody's going to scatter from the best party in town, except maybe you two, I say when I catch the look passing between them. Can't wait for the honeymoon? Every night's the honeymoon for them. Maya snorts and shakes her head as we join her and the other wedding party members at the table. If you didn't know that, I guess it's true that guys don't talk about personal stuff as much as women. Oh, fuck no. I've been subjected to way too many of my sister's conversations. You women are ruthless with the nitty-gritty sex talk. 
Men make shit up about people who don't exist or don't matter. We don't share details about our actual sex lives. We don't want other guys knowing that kind of stuff about our women. Sounds like you're admitting to lying about all your conquests, Jensen says, sending hoots up from the handful of people in our group. Asshole. My friendly jab to his shoulder doesn't move him a fraction of an inch. I'm six foot one and no weakling, but my buddy probably has a hundred pounds on me. Maybe more now that Bailey's cooking for him daily. Maya, hand out the shirts, Bailey says, bouncing on the spot. She has a couple of close friends, but Maya is number one. Like most of the people in this town of 6,000, they've known each other since childhood. They're tight like sisters and just as protective. I should know. The first time I met Maya was here in this bar, about a month into Bailey and Jensen's relationship. Maya smiled so sweetly, her pretty face could have been made of sugar. The moment Bailey's attention shifted to Jensen, her best friend leaned in and tore me a new one, putting me on notice. She'd been shipping Jensen and Bailey to get together longer than Hope Harbor's been shipping Lake Erie Perch. She threatened permanent bodily harm to my favorite appendage if I tried getting between them. I've had women threaten me before, for much more personal reasons. But there was something about Maya that night. The ferocity and passion in her words and voice. Fuck, in the way she glared at me. I had to laugh in her face, just so I didn't kiss her firecracker mouth, right then and there. For the record, laughing in Maya's face doesn't win any points with her. The opposite. That moment landed me at the top of her shit list, and no amount of charm has changed my status. She's the one woman immune to my charisma. Initially, I wanted to smooth things over with her for Bailey's sake. Now it's strictly personal. I love spending time with Jensen and Bailey, but Maya is the one who pulls me to Hope Harbor. That once burned, stay the hell away from the flame thing, out the window where she's concerned. I'm the moth to her flame. I can't stay away. She doesn't know that. She's too busy hating me to find out she might like me. The more we're together, and I make sure that's a lot, the harder she pushes back. As much as I want her to let her walls down and give me a chance, I fucking love her sharp tongue. I'm hooked on all things Maya Martinez. She passes rolled up t-shirts to the other groomsmen, bridesmaid, then one each to Jensen, Bailey, and me. She keeps one for herself, smiling smugly at me when she snaps hers open. Hope you all like them. Our small group becomes a chorus of chatter as the t-shirts are unrolled. Good-natured amusement at the caricatures she created for each person. Kudos for her artistic flair. They're not wrong. She's wickedly talented. A bit wicked, too, at least where my drawing is concerned. Her rendition of me is very different from everyone else's, and her opinion of me is in the details. If she'd do this for Bailey's wedding t-shirts, it's safe to say I'm never getting out of her doghouse. 
She's still eyeing me when I look up, waiting for my reaction. It's like looking in a mirror. I flash a grin while flipping my t-shirt around for everyone to see. Laughter erupts in our corner of the bar, drawing the attention of everyone in the bar. I hold up the t-shirt for all to see and receive clapping and laughter in response. Bailey, sweetheart that she is, issues an, oh my God, before staring at Maya. Looks as if the bride didn't see all the t-shirt designs before tonight's unveiling. Let's get this party started, I say, unbuttoning my white dress shirt and shrugging it off my shoulders, right there in the bar, under Maya's heated gaze. I pull the t-shirt on, then meet Maya's eyes. Your turn. Maya. The pre-wedding celebration has been in full swing for over four hours. Bailey and Jensen left ages ago, entrusting Anthony with the festivities. Fair enough, since he's the resident party boy. Jensen planned to close the bar for the weekend. One less thing to think about during the biggest event of his life. Anthony convinced him to keep On the Rocks open. He claimed it was so Jensen wouldn't lose two nights' worth of revenue. He said they might even make more money than a usual Friday night, because people would come to see the soon-to-be-married couple the night before their wedding. Then he sweetened the pot by offering to cover staff wages. He called it a wedding gift, another one. His bank account is the only thing bigger than his ego— Am I jealous that Anthony can give my friends multiple financially beneficial gifts while I can make them cute t-shirts? Yes. Do I acknowledge that he's not the worst guy in the world? Only to myself. Does he make my blood boil every time we're sharing airspace? God, yes. Like he's doing right now. He hasn't taken off the damn t-shirt since stripping half-naked in front of everyone to put it on. He should have been pissed off at the comic version of him I created. But no, not Anthony. He laughed off my artistic, insinuated insults. Then proceeded to spend the rest of the evening looking ridiculously hot in his ridiculous t-shirt. Brittany Jones certainly doesn't seem to mind Anthony's goofy t-shirt. She's been laughing at everything that's come out of his mouth since he sidled up to her at the bar. Okay, fine. He didn't sidle. He walked right up to her, confidently and directly, as he always does. And why wouldn't he, since it always works? Everything works out for him. Ugh. I have to stop watching him, caring who he's with or what he's doing with them. Green is not a good color for me, and I have no reason to be jealous, because there's never been anything between us, aside from the wall I've built. That needs to stay solidly in place, because Anthony and I will never be close, not as friends, and definitely not as more. Even if I lowered my defenses and smiled instead of scowling in his direction, he'd never look at me the way he looks at Brittany, 
or any of the other women I've watched him flirt with over the past year. Anthony has a type, and I don't fit the mold. I exceed it. In the attitude department, and by several dress sizes, I turn my back on him and tip my beard to my lips. The ice-cold draft slides down my throat, cooling the angry flames he ignites. To hell with him and his great hair, deep laugh and broad shoulders. I just have to get through this weekend's wedding togetherness. Then he'll take his Casanova ways back to Toronto. I'll get a break from the unwelcome feelings he stirs up every time he comes to town. I reach the bottom of my glass sooner than I'd like. There's no way I'm going to the bar to get a refill. I'm staying as far away from Anthony and Brittany, or whoever he's currently chatting up over there, as possible. On the Rocks is hopping busy tonight, and I can't catch the attention of the only server in sight as he hustles toward the bar. I'm not going over there. I'm not even going to check to see if the coast is clear. There are other ways to get a refill. I open my phone and fire off a text to the guy filling the drink orders. One of the benefits of living in the small town you grew up in, having the phone number of nearly everyone. Minutes later, a manly hand slides a fresh draft in front of me. That was fast, I say. Wouldn't want to keep you waiting. I pinch my eyes closed at the sound of Anthony's voice. Shit. Thanks. Still avoiding eye contact, I tip my ass to one side and withdraw my credit card from my back pocket. Did you bring the machine over, or did Lee put it on my tab? Neither. It's on me. Now I meet Anthony's gaze. I don't need or want you to buy my drinks. Then you'll have to go to the bar next time, instead of texting the bartender. I'm not a guy who'd bring a drink to a beautiful woman and expect her to pay for it. I didn't ask you to bring my drink over. That's right, I'm totally ignoring the beautiful comment. I know he doesn't mean anything by it. Anthony flirts the way he breathes, instinctively, effortlessly, endlessly. That angry heat is on the rise again, searing me from my belly to my eyes. If you won't take my money, I'll go pay at the bar. I rise from my seat, but don't make it half a step. Maya, stop, he says, grabbing hold of my upper arms as he blocks my path. Please. My eyes widen at that word, at what sounds like honest-to-God sincerity in his voice, never mind the tingle running through me from his hands on my skin. I refuse to think about that. Damn traitorous, undersexed body. He exhales, not taking his eyes or hands off me. I generally don't give half a fuck if anybody likes me. But you're not just anybody. You're Bailey's best friend, and a good friend of Jensen's. They're going to be together forever, which means we will be too. It'd be nice if you didn't hate me for the next 50 years. The thought of spending the rest of my life in constant contact with him, 
initiates a twisty flutter in my chest, also much lower. I don't hate you, I just don't want to like you. You didn't trust me not to fuck things up for Bailey and Jensen. You couldn't have, I say, because apparently I'm incapable of exiting the bitch zone when Anthony is in my personal space. You're right, but I never would have tried. The night I met Bailey is the night I discovered my best buddy loved her. That made her off limits. I'm an ass sometimes, but I'm not an asshole. If you got to know me, you'd see there's a difference. Then, maybe you could move the I-don't-hate-you needle closer to I-like-you. Damn it. I hate when the ball's in my court. Fine. His dark eyebrows rise at my grumbled huff. It's that bad? The idea of liking me? Don't push your luck, I say, stabbing his chest with my index finger. I agreed to maybe move the needle. I never promised I'd like you. It's a start. More unwanted tingling ripples through me when he smiles. Because it's not his usual gonna-pick-up-tonight smile. It's warm and genuine and makes his gray eyes twinkle. Damn him. I step back enough that his hands slide from my arms, an action that raises goosebumps over my skin. Maybe it's not too late to round up a date for the wedding tomorrow. Having any guy by my side would prevent Anthony from filling the space. He slides his hands into the pockets of his chinos, a stance that accentuates his nicely rounded biceps, clearly visible because he's still wearing the damn t-shirt. I'm sorry for drawing you that way. I spit the words out quickly because humble pie tastes like shit. No apology necessary. You did a great job. I gave you a huge head. Not oversized like a typical caricature, the cartooned head spans the width of his chest, making the body I drew look like a twig. A twig with pockets stuffed and overflowing with cash. Your drawing didn't match the rest. I shouldn't have let my personal feelings about you affect the wedding party t-shirts. You can give me a huge head any time your personal feelings about me affect you, he says, winking. And there he is, the egotistical player who inspired my artistic rendering. I glance at the bar and catch Brittany staring. She smiles and waves, forcing me to be polite and return the gestures. She's waiting for Anthony to come back, but clearly not worried that he won't. Because I couldn't possibly be a threat. There's no way Anthony would choose me over her, over any of the women he's added to his trophy case. How many Hope Harbor women have you had sex with? Whatever fraction of decent human exists beneath Anthony's slick exterior triggers a wide-eyed expression. It disappears just as quickly, replaced by his usual cocky grin. Are you looking to get on the list?
Gross. Never. I punctuate my conviction with a gagging noise. Seeing Brittany waiting for you like a pining puppy made me wonder if there's been an uptick in sexually transmitted diseases around town since you started frequenting the place. Because I am the worst version of myself in Anthony's presence, I add, I hope you spend some of your millions on quality condoms. Then I push past him and head for the exit, before one or both of us does something to make me feel worse. This weekend can't end soon enough. Chapter 2 Anthony I'm not a liar. Never have been, even as a kid, when lying would have kept me out of shit. But last night, when Maya asked me how many women in town I've had sex with, I couldn't tell her the truth, either. She'd either think the number was too high, confirming her opinion that I'm a man-whore, or she'd laugh because the number's too low, meaning I'm not as on my game as I lead people to believe. It was an unwinnable situation. So I redirected. And that did not sit well with the saucy brunette. Physically stopping her a second time would have gotten me slapped. Maybe knee in the balls. Instead, I followed her out of the building, staying back enough to prevent further pissing her off, which turned out to be too far back because she'd put half a block between her and on the rocks by the time I reached the sidewalk. I texted her, offered to give her a lift or walk her home. She didn't reply. Today's no different. She didn't respond to my offer to bring food or drinks while she and Bailey got ready for the wedding. After our few minutes of legit conversation last night, I'm back to being persona non grata. I shouldn't care but I do. And it's not just because she's Bailey and Jensen's close friend. That might have been the truth initially, but it'd be a lie now. Every polished for the public smile she wore during the ceremony and formal photos today pulled the noose on my heart a little tighter. I've seen her genuine smile. It lights her up so much more than the fakes. She's always pretty, but she's fucking stunning when that light is on. I need to see that light. More than that, I want to be the one who flips that switch. Dinner for 200 has been cleared. The speeches are finished. The bar has reopened. And nearly every eye in the place is on the newly married couple, currently swaying on the dance floor during the first dance. My eyes are on Maya. Her deep blue dress shows off her full tits, and I have to wipe my mouth to make sure I'm not literally drooling. Her gaze meets mine as I approach, and the smile from her conversation with Bailey's other bridesmaid fizzles, replaced by a straight line. Ladies? I nod and offer my hand. Maya? I believe the pleasure is all mine for the next dance. Fine. She says it with a huff, but the sound changes to something softer when our fingers touch. 
It's the electricity, the crackle and hum that's always between us. Is that why you work so hard to push me away? I ask once I've got her in my arms on the dance floor. You're afraid of our physical chemistry? She's not short, and the heel she's wearing brings us nearly eye to eye, a position she uses to shoot daggers directly into mine. I push you away because you're an egotistical ass with more flash than substance. But you're not denying the chemistry. Oh my God, she says, rolling her eyes so hard it must hurt. That's all you think about, isn't it? Getting your dick wet. Actually, it stays pretty dry due to those quality condoms I spend my millions on. The comeback leaves my mouth before I can stop it, and it lands on target, causing Maya to stiffen. I'm fucking this up. Again. Four. Four? Her gaze narrows to a suspicious squint. Am I supposed to know what that means? Only if you spend as much time dwelling on all of our conversations as I do. Like last night, until exhaustion shut down my brain. I've had sex with four women in the past year. I'm not proud of it. Her eyes widen, then narrow again. I bet not. You're down, what, around 50 bangs? A guy like you should be nailing somebody new every week. A guy like you. You're going to glare at me with those gorgeous eyes when I say this, but I could have been with more women. I chose not to be. Should I call you Saint Anthony? Her anger shouldn't turn me on, but my dick likes what it likes, and it fucking loves Maya's scathing sarcasm. I'm not proud of four because they didn't satisfy me, and before you come at me, I'm not talking about the actual women or sexual satisfaction. It means, afterward, I felt like the guy you think I am. I regretted those four times, and that's new for me. Wow, look at you, growing a conscience after a lifetime of meaningless sex. Not a lifetime, I say, pulling her closer while Frankie Valley croons. And it's not a conscience I'm growing. Oh, I feel what you're growing, and no soul-bearing confession will convince me to let that trouser snake into my lady garden, if that was your plan. I laugh, loud and full, shaking my head when she tries to pull away. We're not done, beautiful. You had your dance, she says, as the music tapers into another song. There's a lot more dance ahead for us, Maya. Fifty years worth, remember? You said you'd get to know me. Give me a chance to show you I'm not an asshole. Let's start tonight. She clucks her tongue. You're going to prove you're not a tail-chasing dog? at a wedding reception loaded with available women, ripe for the picking? I'm not looking at anyone but you. I pick you. I'm not available, she says, letting her hands fall to her sides. Not to you. 
I release her because I'd be an asshole not to. But watching her march away, all sexy curves and sass, I'm more determined than ever. Maya thinks I only want to get under her satin dress. Hell, under any dress. But she's wrong. I'm not lying to myself or her anymore. I want to get under her skin, the way she's under mine. Maya. The newlywed's limo disappears from view, leaving me alone with Anthony, yet again. Everywhere I turned tonight, he was there, seemingly inescapable, like my shadow or a foul odor. Only he smells great. Too great. It's hard enough trying to ignore his good looks, having to breathe in whatever expensive cologne he wears, too. I should have stopped drinking after the champagne toast. The open bar, another gift from Anthony, meant cocktails constantly flowed my way, despite not asking for any. I'm blaming the buzzy lightness in my head for looking at Anthony way too many times tonight. It's alcohol-induced appreciation, nothing more. I won't be notch number four on his bedpost, but replay everything he said to me earlier. I'll be doing that all night, including when I'm alone in my bed later. Well, not entirely alone. I'll have my... What's going on in that incredibly beautiful head of yours? Bob. Shit. Damn tequila. Anthony's dark eyebrows knit together. Who's Bob? Nobody. Thank God it's dark out and I'm wearing gobs of makeup. The last person I want seeing me blush is Anthony. You're thinking about Bob with a dreamy look on your face, but he's nobody? Fine, he's my boyfriend. I just don't like to talk about him. Our relationship is very private. Ha ha, nailed it. Anthony's ever-present smile fades. I didn't know you had a boyfriend. Why would you? We're not friends. We're not anything. Being bitchy is sobering. Also necessary. He's already too close. I can't let him get closer. I apologize for making you uncomfortable, he says, tipping his damn handsome head. Now or earlier. I'm going to call it a night. Do you need anything before I take off? Yes. I need him to look at me the way he did while we were dancing. And I need him to mean it for more than one night. No, thank you. I'm fine. No lie there. You're the finest woman in the place. Bob's a very lucky man. Sparks race up my arm when he catches my hand and presses a kiss to my folded fingers. Good night, Maya. My throaty good night is swallowed by the summer night as he walks toward the parking lot rather than return to the hall, where he could easily pick someone up. Maybe he's not the consummate player I pegged him for. If that's the case, why act the part? 
More importantly, why do I care? Shit. Welcome back. Hey. So, like I said earlier, make sure you check out the new release on July 1st, Resorting to Love, and also check out Dad Bob Wingman. That ties in with this book you're listening to, Last Call Casanova. Do that, and then don't forget to enter this week's giveaway. That's it. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make sure you're bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back.